Well, hey, welcome to another episode of Sauna Talk. And before I get into the introduction, I want to let you know about a contest. All you have to do is share this post uh, of the article on saunatimes.com uh, uh, with on Facebook or Instagram and tag two of your friends. Uh, that's all you got to do. And uh, that's considered a submission. And by the end of February, hopefully you're listening, it's still February 2020. Uh, the very last minute of February will be the close of this contest. And uh, we're going to select a winner from the random set of on, uh, entries. And um, what you're going to be winning here is uh, two passes for the Cedar and Stone Sauna, rooftop hot tub, hot tub and spa access at Inn on the Lake, and uh, one free drink package at Vicra Distillery, just a few uh, blocks away, buy one, get one, and uh, lodging, um, a night stay at, at uh, Inn on the Lake. That's like about a 400-something dollar value, uh, so it wouldn't take much. Just share the post on Facebook and Instagram by the end of February. you on this podcast to Justin Jutinen, um, a Finn by ancestry. And there are many Finns by ancestry in Minnesota, specifically in northern Minnesota. And uh, Justin is um, very uh, in tune to his ancestry. And <clears throat> it's exemplified through what he's doing uh, with sauna and bringing sauna to the people of Duluth in such a beautiful, reviving type type of a way uh, with a magical sauna and you'll hear about it you'll hear about the craftsmanship and the work and the build uh, process for his cedar and stone sauna I was happened to be up in Duluth Minnesota and, and really scheduled my trip to uh, sit with Justin and his new sauna which is deployed right next to the lake uh, the Lake Superior the world's largest freshwater lake uh, he has a partnership with a fabulous hotel property right in Canal Park, the Inn on Lake Superior, where I stayed the night before. And I was real, re really reminded of my trip to Finland with this experience. Um, I was tooling around in Finland uh, 12 days, 50 different saunas, and I'd come into town at night and uh, kind of get a preview of the saunas that I'd be visiting the next day. And uh, that's what happened with me the other night when when I pulled into town it was such a warm feeling to see Justin's new sauna uh, dimly lit really elegantly lit um, uh, soft light as I pulled into the parking lot between the two hotels and I'm like man he did it you know it's such a uh, a fabulous experience to um, uh, uh, have a familiar reminder of of this thing that we all love this authentic great sauna kind of sitting there uh quiet uh waiting for use wait, waiting for our visit the next the next day which was a magical day and you can see in the photos it was sunny and uh very Duluth like you know the lake was just beckoning us uh right in front uh, of the hotel and right in front of the lake um you won't even notice that this is a mobile sauna it's uh so well designed <clears throat> the wheels hide uh, it's it's on a chassis an ice fish house chassis and the the virtue of these 
is that they uh, they drop down right on grade. So uh, when you see this unit deployed there, you you kind of get get an idea that this may be a permanent structure, but it's not. It's part of a fleet of North American mobile saunas that are being deployed in so many great areas: uh, Maine, Minneapolis, Duluth, uh, Bend, Oregon. Um, the list goes on and on. There's there's others building saunas mobile uh, all over as as we speak this revolution is happening and uh, I'm so overjoyed to be be in Duluth to sit down with Justin and share this with you his his passion toward um, the integrity of, of of good sauna and what it means culturally and community um, so yeah without further ado I just wanted to give you that that intro I'm real excited to uh, let let you hear uh, straight from Justin, his his connection to Duluth and uh, raising the temperature and awareness of good sauna. This episode of Sauna Talk is sponsored by Lampa Manufacturing from Tower, Minnesota. Lampa Manufacturing, the mastermind behind the Kuma Sauna Stove products, is a small family-owned company that believes in always making the best units they know how and continue striving to make them better and safer. Sauna Times offers a wide selection of Kuma products for all your authentic sauna building needs. My history goes back at least 25 years. I've owned two Kuma stoves uh, that I bought new. Uh, one in 1996, the other in 2003, and both are running as well uh, as the day I purchased them. They are built like tanks, and they produce the best heat that I've ever experienced. Um, I'm very pleased to partner with Lampa Manufacturing as an authorized distributor for the products, and they can be ordered on sonatimes.com. You look at the top on the shop button, and we're very happy to provide these wonderful sauna stoves for you. Uh, another personal note I'd like to share is I had the good fortune to have Daryl Lampa on the podcast. Uh, you can uh, search Sauna Times podcast, um, and you'll hear from probably one of the top experts in the world about uh, wood burning uh, and the process of it, the clean burning, the efficient burning, sustainable uh, heat source. Uh, so check it out and welcome to this episode of Sonic Talk. So you like to sit there? Yeah. Is that your home spot? Well, between here and there, when I'm guiding sessions, this oh, is, yeah. you know, this is built for having a full room, and then I can off, teach people. Off the bow. Right? Yeah. So we're here uh, in Duluth, Minnesota, and uh, why don't you come on over here, come to think of it. Easier. For audio, yeah. Um, and uh, I just want to describe to you listeners here where we are and, and who I'm with. I'm just going to tee the ball up that... It's uh, February, what, 4th, 5th, something like that? Mm -hmm. So it's January. I mean, it's cold. It's like uh, a little bit of, of chill, but it's bright, sunny day, and I'm looking at 
the big lake they call Gitchigumi, Lake Superior, and the, um, the harbor. Uh, we're at Inn on the Lake uh, in Canal Park, Duluth, Minnesota, USA, and I'm sitting with... Justin Juntanen. And Justin, where are we sitting? Like, in what are we sitting? Yeah, Glenn, you're sitting in my dreams coming true right now. Uh, you are in Cedar and Stone Nordic Sauna, yeah. uh, a new community sauna here for Duluth and the North Shore and the north of Minnesota, the north of right on Lake Superior. And yeah. so we're kicking off and I couldn't think of a better person to do a test run and invite to come up here before we invite the rest of the country and the rest of the world to join us. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I've been looking forward to this. Thanks yeah. for being here. Honored, honored. Thanks for having me. You know, it's funny how everything seems to always work as it relates to sauna. It's a, it's a, it's a, a monumental, um, a momentous occasion because you just brought this sauna here to this location a couple of days ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're setting up for our winter spring residency here looking at Lake Superior and our sauna, you know, we designed with beautiful panoramic windows to look out at Lake Superior. Uh, We designed it to partner with hotels and accommodations, and we designed it for quality. Uh, So we have a Kuma stove in here, heating us up right now, and just really thoughtful sort of detailing throughout. Um, Yeah, it's Mm. it's happening. Let's let's go way back. Um, So just for your listeners, that's where we are. That's what we're doing. We're on the bench. This is where I love to record Sound of Talk episodes, as you guys know. And uh, I love recording them. Uh, I love recording and having guests that have uh, a deep-rooted passion toward the sauna experience. It's, it's, it's really been this continuity of all guests on Sauna Talk, um, and uh, and and Justin fits that mold mold like perfectly. Uh, his his passion and, and roots of sauna go way back. Let's start with that, if you don't mind, Justin. But, um, your last name is, is very Finnish, and that's cool. You, you live in a place where there's a lot of uh, uh, history to sauna. When did you first get ex- exposed to sauna, um, you know, dating back in your life? Yeah, I mean, for me, I grew up in this space. And I grew up as a little boy, you know, down on the floor in a bucket when we were just tiny. And then on up from there with dad and grandpa and friends. And mm. so sauna has really been a pretty pretty integral part to our family culture. And then I also happened to grow up in a small town in northern Minnesota, Esco, Minnesota, which is uh, historically a small Finnish community. And so uh, generations ago, my family was one of the founding families that homesteaded there. And here we are now in Duluth, Minnesota. So Glenn putting a little steam on. So really, it's always been a part of my life. And I think in true Finnish uh, fashion, we've been great protectors of the cultural gift that is sauna. You know, we've if, if you've ever heard somebody correct you or try to correct you on how to pronounce that word, sauna or sauna, um, you've run into a good Finnish preservationist. And, and yet, I think the thing that when those Finns came over and they were immigrants, on this shore and literally right here, the, the beach that we're on, there used to be a public sauna 100 years ago. Um, and, and in this neighborhood, it used to be called Fintown because there were so many immigrants and they had the worst jobs in the docks and the mines and the mills. And so community sauna was the thing because they didn't have resources. They didn't have a cabin or 
they didn't even have a house, right? And so community sound was the way to do it. For, for working class Finns. For working class Finns when they moved to the U.S. And, 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 that, so, and that parallels Helsinki, like, well, all, all cities in Finland, you know, the, the public saunas in Helsinki, um, there were many, I want to say over 100, uh, and all the apartment buildings, none of the apartment buildings had plumbing, so it was the community gathering spot, and, and Duluth is very analogous to uh, the, the cities in Finland in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. And and so for me, you know, it's not only in my roots personally, but also my family heritage. And then I've just watched the history of it here in Duluth kind of shift from public to private, right? And so if we do our history research the past hundred years, it's gone from these public spaces to then those Finns homesteading farms and buying homes and the sauna went there. And then eventually, somewhere along the way, you know, somebody probably bought a cabin and they put the sauna by the lake. And that's sort of the pinnacle for a lot of people of the experience. And now what we're seeing, and you've talked so much about this, is reviving this public expression, the community expression, the, the sauna that is a, the third space. Mm. And um, that's what we're up to here in Duluth. And I think the heritage of it makes it a really interesting place to do that, knowing that in Duluth, there was at one time upwards of 10 other public saunas dotting the hillside mm -hmm. and along the shoreline here in Canal Park. Yeah. So Justin, staying with the chronology, you grew up with sauna uh, as part of your DNA and your family's DNA. Um, um, when did you start to, when did this idea start to incubate in your, in your mind, the idea of, of doing this uh, sauna, this mobile sauna and activating a public space? Yeah, I think for me, there's been a couple key markers along the way. And one was just being somebody who loved hospitality, loved inviting people. And so we would build a sauna at almost every house I lived at growing up and at lake cabins and properties. And at one of those, we built a sauna and we kept inviting friends and family. And we would then inevitably find people who had never experienced a more authentic Finnish sauna experience. But still in a private setting. Still in a private setting. But what was happening was, hey, new folks coming in, and then I would find myself guiding people through it. And that was, yeah, I have my background's in education and nonprofit work. And so the, 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 there were years there where we just would host people and guide people. And along the way, we'd develop people who began to love it because they actually experienced best of it you know well, maybe for the first time yeah yeah so for listeners um can you give an example of how you would guide uh folks new to sauna like what what's a nuance or an example of something that you you would do or you do yeah i you know i think great guides just like any tour guide if you've ever been on a tour and you've been captivated by it it begins with story to me mm -hmm. okay and so if you have a tour guide or if you have a sauna guide who helps you and invites you into the story, which is sauna, that's that's the key. Now, there's a lot of different stories to tell. Right. So it starts with the voice. Yeah. Interesting. And, and so what I do is I often help get a sense of, hey, where are people at? Have you ever done this before? What have you heard about sauna before? And I'm, I'm interacting with them a little bit. And this is on the bench? This is either on the bench or sort of standing with them or before we enter the hot room. Mm -hmm. Because the hot room for some people can be, you know, new or abrasive or unnerving as they come in and you know, hot air in their lungs is a little different. And so I'm sort of casting the vision for what are we about to do together? And I say things like, well, for somebody who doesn't know at all, I never even use the word sound to begin with. I say, you know, in my life, there's a little bit of stress. 
and I joke around with them and I say, probably not yours, but in mine, I got some stress. You know, I got work, kids, life, it comes with some stress, right? And as I do that, they're sort of thinking, oh yeah, I got stress in my mm. life, I get it, right? You're drawing, in, drawing them in through that. Yeah, and then, I, and then I would say, well, also one thing I know about my city is that it's cold a lot of the time. And one place, the only place that I've found that really relieves both really well, it de-stresses me, it, it works tried and true every time, and they're just sitting on the edge of their seat, what, what's this guy talking about? And I say, oh, it's, it's actually the Nordic sauna, more commonly pronounced that way. But then I say, or as my family would pronounce that, sauna, because that's a, that's a practice from Finland, my homeland that I've grown up with, that for some reason, as we go through the process, I feel so de-stressed along the way, I feel so healthy, I warm to the core, and I probably have the best night of sleep that I've had in weeks or months since the last time I sounded. Mm. And if you set the table in language that they can understand, you're not talking about this niche thing that you're doing over here that's interesting to you. You've brought them into the story of, can I invite you into this space that for me in my life is healthy and relieve stress? And I want to offer that to you. Beautiful. So start it there. And then let's get into the nuance of, okay, now you're in the space. What's happening? Mm -hmm. Right? I don't begin with starting with Finnish words other than sauna. But sure, we'll, de we'll dive deep into the pronunciation and definition of lo-lu and many other things. But begin in words they can understand mm -hmm. and start there. Very good. Lovely. Back to the chronology of this project. <clears throat> you, um, you get it in your mind and... Uh, Take us forward from the thought. Like, yeah. we're we talking years that you've kind yeah. of this, Yeah, we're, right? we're coming up on a decade here. Um, before my wife and I moved back to Duluth, uh, we took a trip in Scandinavia. Again, my family's from there. And we spent time in Finland for a couple weeks. And over there, we did multiple public saunas, one of which was a floating sauna on the Baltic. And that year... <clears throat> they had done a, a commission series of saunas, these art saunas that mm, were all over yeah. the country. I remember that. Hit some water, do you mind? Yeah. Keep going. And as that was happening... This is like, this is like uh, chewing gum and, and Viking at the same time. <laughs> Justin's telling his story and tossing water on us. One more, if you don't mind. And we're in Finland, and we're, we find this floating sauna experience, and we get into this rowboat with a Finnish man, and he rows us out into the middle of the Baltic, to this raft and we sauna and swim and sauna and swim and it Glenn it was majestic like it was magical and memorable and it was that like one of those moments where you're like this day I'm gonna remember yeah and that day I thought if there's ever a city that could do this in the US Duluth has a shot to do it yeah. and there's other great examples and um, I'm all for activating sauna experience all over the country I just think Duluth has a great history of it, and so we're doing it here. Mm. So eight years ago, the seed was planted. We moved back to Duluth and then re-fell in love with this city mm. that's burgeoning, mm -hmm. that's built around access to the outdoors. Yeah. The people who live here choose to live here because they want access to world-class mountain biking trails, the world's largest freshwater lake, great skiing in the winter. All of these amenities, especially for wellness and outdoors culture, and you don't have to drive 30 minutes. You don't have to drive into the mountains to get to them. You don't have to fight traffic like you would in Denver to go see. Absolutely. And, and, hey, Denver folks, you're great. Here, the, the access is just quicker, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, so that's, that's the, the city we sort of stumbled back into and fell in love with. 
And in these past eight years, I've just become more and more convinced that here is the place to do it. And then for me, it's the right time. And that was a process of probably two years mm -hmm. of really doing inner work. If you're going to dive into the work of entrepreneurship, of starting anything really, it's going to draw a lot out of you. And I went through a ton of process of trying to say, hey, what do I really want? Not just, not just what should I want in life? What should I do? What should other people say how I live my life? But I, I kind of went in to some deep places with some guided and supported process through some therapy, through some uh, religious and spiritual direction from good, trusted counselors and wise folks around me and began asking that question, what do I really want? Hmm. And the answer that was bubbling up was the flourishing of Duluth. It was a call and a commitment to my city. And so here we sit, committed to the flourishing of my city. That's the why. And the how? Well, the how is through community sauna, teaching people about this practice, guiding people through it, having the kind of conversations that sauna talk is built around, which is meaningful moments with people and, and the barriers are, are sort of dropped right away. You know, you sort of, you come into these spaces and nobody's the doctor and the lawyer and the janitor and the teacher. You come in and you're you and you get to be and you feel the heat and you are present. Yeah. You're, present. You, you're forced to be present in the heat yeah. with people. Yeah. Now, how do you be present together? You, you, you bear the heat, you enjoy the heat, you sweat together, and inevitably good conversation is going to come from Yeah, that. yeah. Mm -hmm. If I could just chime in on that. Yeah. Um, lovely. Agreed. There's two things. Uh, in Finland, you know, um, uh, there, the, everyone is equal in sauna. I mean, that's, that's a very common term, and it applies in the United States as well, yeah. because heat is a great equalizer. Yeah. The, the heat we're feeling right now is... No different than uh, Issa Tikkanen is feeling right now uh, in, in Torku or wherever mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. may be. Yeah. So it's very egalitarian. And, and the, other, the other cool thing is about being in the present moment is, um, yeah, the, it's, it's a beautiful space. When you're, when you're in nature and with the heat and the cold, there is no opportunity for one's mind to go to other places. Yeah. And where I see this really evidently is... Uh, is when when those go to sauna in, a, in the in the public domain, um, and and there's a little bit of nervousness to fill the gap of mm -hmm. the quiet. Yeah. Um, oftentimes people try to default to default toward the question of so uh, what do you do, and yeah. and what I love about that is I, I see it and I don't I, I don't take um, umbrage on people that, yeah. that that do that I get it, but what's so beautiful is the person that's forced to try to answer that. I love it. They stammer. Mm -hmm. Like people stammer and they mm -hmm. don't, they're like, and you could just tell that like. Because usually they have a pat answer for it. They yeah. got like their three yeah. lines. They say, boom, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. this is Dr what I do. Director of Health Sciences yeah. at yeah. Uh, St. Scholastica yeah. or whatever mm -hmm. like yeah. that. And they can get that out, but that's kind of, you can just hear it in their voice. Like they, they want it to end right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that people asking those kind of cocktail reception questions have to reset themselves a little bit and I, I catch them they're like oh shit that was a dumb question let's talk about this moment instead yeah. and it becomes or, a little more meaningful or for me I think the better follow-up is then well what do you love about it it's a deeper version of the question of why you got into it what you care about your your, mm -hmm. your passions your purpose your hopes and dreams mm -hmm. that maybe can start with that easier question of well what do you do yeah and then and then it gets you into the real the yeah. real quality space yeah, yeah 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 it's sort of that that nervous it's not nervous it's just the the, the dead air of 
what sauna talk is, is so cool about is the dead air that gets filled by questions are usually um, um, questions about the moment instead. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, is it, oh, look at, you know, is it hot in here? Or, or do you know those people outside? Or do you want some more water on the rocks? Which I'd, I'd say yes to. You'd say yes to. Yes. Great. Yeah. So, so I like that. And I, did, I didn't mean to dive too deeply against what you're saying, but it, it does parallel this, this present moment thinking. It does. It does. And, you know, when I, when I think about the best sound of moments, it is being in the present with those people around me. And, and I, I just, I love it. And I watch people begin to start loving it when they understand the story that they're in. Yeah. Because when you walk into a sauna that's in the back of your gym or at, adjacent to the pool at the hotel, nobody's, nobody said anything about what to do or how to do it or why you're here. And so most people go in and they do their workout, and then they go at the end of their workout, they sit for four and a half, five minutes, they say, okay, I'm a little sweatier, now what? And, they, and then they leave, right? And then they go to shower. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, they haven't experienced finished sauna, they haven't experienced the broader practice of it, they just experienced the start. And you and I know this, that sound is much more than a hot room. It's this process of hot, cold, rest, rehydrate, and repeat. And as you do those rounds with people or alone, mm -hmm. even if you're alone enjoying the heat and in the silence, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think those things change you. Um, analogous to maybe like stretching. That person who goes in for four and a half minutes at the end of the workout is like they just started to stretch and they can't, they can't reach their toes. But after round two, stretch a little more. Mm. After round three, like you're, you're holding on to your toes, you're excited, you're, you're feeling loose, yeah. you're feeling good. And I think that's what sauna does, especially when you do the more all-encompassing process. Beautiful. So moved back to Duluth eight years ago. Yep. You kind of get this budding concept of a sauna project. Take us forward from there. Yeah, multiple different uh, iterations and ideas of, of ideas coming forward. And one, and one of that was all that inner work. And then along the way, I start wanting to commit to my city. And at the time, I had been working for a nonprofit that had been working all over the country with startups, uh, mostly in faith communities, folks who are caring about their city and want to go and um, build a faith community and start a faith community, often through churches. So it was called mm -hmm. church planting. And these folks were doing work in their city, and I felt like I was doing work in everybody else's city than mm -hmm. my own. Mm -hmm. And so I, I sort of asked and discerned and spent a lot of time in silence and a lot of time doing self-awareness work and assessing my strengths and my weaknesses because if you're going to do this well, you want to be able to do it for the long haul. And again and again, I felt like not only was the door open, but I was being nudged through it. And it was this, hey, you've, you've been called to do this. You've been built for a purpose like this. Hey, there's an opportunity here and not just an opportunity, I'm inviting you to do this and start this. And yeah. so that, you know, if you're, if you're somebody out there who's, you know, thinking about starting a, starting a sound of business, to me, it's get crystal clear on your mission and your vision and your why, because I'll be honest with you, Glenn, there are really hard days. We mm -hmm. talk about this as wellness work and it sounds really great, but you know, the, the hundreds of hours, the multiple years, the s significant roadblocks that we face to get here and sound it together right now are nothing to scoff at. And so if you, if you just dive in and say, I got a cool idea, it looks like it's working over here, let's do it, let's start building. Um, 
that's great. You need, you need starters like that, you need activators, but you wanna also have people to ground the mission to, to be in this for the long haul. Because I, I would say I'm committed to this experience, this uh, experiment for a decade or more. I'm committed to changing the culture and the temperature of Duluth. Mm. And if that's the case, I need to be ready to weather some hard days and weeks and really low lows. Uh, when you start a business, if anybody yeah. started a business, I mean, you feel high highs one day and low lows the next day. And sometimes those are on the same day and they're back to back phone calls or text messages. Yeah, well said. And the thing we're, we're doing here is a great example of that, that it isn't always pretty work, even though our website looks great, even though we've taken good photos, even though we got guys looking at us from outside walking on the shore right now and we're waving to them and they're coming to check out what the heck is going all, on all here. bundled up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, this is the, these are the glory moments. These are the glory moments where, where we uh, uh, are sharing time on the sound bench and doing layups. The, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, this is layup work. Yeah, so a lot of grunt work. And uh, you leaned into this, um, I want to say maybe, what, 10, 10 months ago? Yeah, I think we've actively been moving towards this for two years. Um, the build process started probably 10... Yeah, nine, ten months ago, and uh, along the way, I met you, Glenn. You know, yeah. along we kept. I was following you for a while, and you did an event up north here, and I said, "Hey, I gotta talk to you, Glenn. I got, I got some vision. Yeah, I got a dream. Yeah, yeah. Justin and I met <clears throat> at Sauna Days 2019 at Larsmont Cottages, um, just south of Two Harbors, north of Duluth, Minnesota, and uh, he he zeroed in on me, and and Justin said, "I want to talk with you, right?" And I was like, "Great." He has wife, young kids. They were doing hot rounds, cool, cool rounds. And it was, you know, we weren't able to really zero in well, you know, have, have focused time together. But, um, you know, I've had a fair number of those encounters with people from, from all over. And uh, they want to zero in and talk about sauna and activating and all that. But the difference with this guy sitting right here is he, he friggin' did it. I mean, and not just did it, but created, uh, I don't want to put a label on this sauna all i can say is you gotta you gotta come up here and to duluth minnesota and experience it because um i came in last night and i'll I'll put this video on the show notes but um i was reminded of my time in finland where you know i pull into town it's dark at night and to see a sauna of of this caliber uh activated at at this space right by the shores of lake sphere I mean, it's it's an emotional thing for me to see it, and it isn't even my sauna. So I was just like, you know, I haven't saunaed in a couple of days, but I'm telling you, all day today, I've been like, I can't wait to get on the bench. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait to do it, because this is just a, a beautiful, well-designed sauna. And the day, you know, the day we pulled in here to, to jump on Glenn's emotional moment there, uh, you know, I had the same feeling, Glenn. You know, the, the hundreds of hours we put in, we pull it in, we set it up, yeah. And I hoped one day this sauna would look right out at Lake Superior yeah. at that lighthouse. Yep. And earlier this week we were able to do that, and I'm, you know, I'm sort of yeah. tearing up just just talking about it, feeling that emotion come up, because when you have big vision, when you have when you're invited into something bigger than yourself that you want to commit to, um, there is no guarantee that it's going to happen. The amount of work we had, you know, that we did to work with this amazing hotel property, the Inn on Lake Superior, I can't speak highly enough of them. You know, find the, find the partners who believe in your vision, and then the, the roadblocks become problems to solve, not insurmountable. Mm. And I've watched their team come to me and say, I believe in what you're doing. I believe it's going to add to our experience in our space. 
and let's solve these things together as a team. Yeah. And then it's e then it gets easier. Yeah. Because then you have more more yeah. bandwidth, you have more team behind it, and you can break through any issues that you're going to find because you're committed to it together. Yeah, right on. The, the uh, multiple oars in the water, yeah. uh, paddling in the same direction. Yeah. Because it, it's hey, it's lonely to be your own show. I mean, you know, this is um, you know, I I'm going back to my first mobile sauna. <clears throat> I built it and. I didn't have what Justin's saying here. I didn't really have the the why, you know. The I was just kind of a knucklehead building a, a mobile sauna, and uh, they so, call those pioneers, Glenn. Okay, okay. And I remember bringing it around on New Year's Day to a polar plunge on uh, Lake Minnetonka outside of Minneapolis, and hundreds of people, you know, do this every New Year's Day. It's a tradition to yeah. go, you know, through the hole in the ice and cold plunge and all that. And so the sauna, there, there it was, and I would bring people in, and they'd be all in there after their cold plunge, like 400 people, you know? Yeah. And then it was a full day affair and all that energy, I just was wiped out. And then I went home that night and I said to Julian, I'm like, what did I sign myself up to? And the point of that story is I was a lone soldier, you know, like yeah. there, there was no community and, and partnership and all that. So um, to see, to see this being done in this way, you know, in Justin's way with, you know, the, the mission of reaching out to the community of Duluth and finding, you know, collaborators in an operational sense, yeah. meaning the hotel yeah. and getting that support. Um, but I, even, yeah. but even, you know, I just to second that, I feel like this has been a project that a community has been building, not one man or one family. And we have worked with some amazing partners. You know, I look at our construction company which I helped consult with and do some of the build and then they brought in great craftsmen and women yeah. and they said okay let's make this happen um, Knutes and custom construction they're tremendous builders if you have a cabin if you have a, a home if you have a business if you have anything that you want to get built these folks will do it and do it to the top standards and so yeah. I I came to them with a vision and then that that owner said that that sounds mm -hmm. like an interesting project. Let's and, do it and, together. And you've been good about that. I've seen you know your through the build process and the design process. You've been very inclusive to the creative artists. I'll say mm -hmm. the partners. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's representative of your attitude about it's it's we not me. Mm -hmm. And and yet somebody's got to write the check. And that's sure. you. Yeah, that's, it is a first person. But yeah. It is, but it's it's easier to work through the numbers when you're on the same team. Yeah, and uh, especially when you don't have all the funding in the world. Maybe somebody's got all the you know the full bank account, but for us, we said let's try to do this at a high level, and we're a family. I have two little kids, three and five, you know, and I want their their experience growing up for their dad to have done something that he knew he was called into, and he gave it a try. And even if down the road this totally implodes and you. You know, you're listening to this five years from now and we don't exist. I, I think we got a shot. We're going to be around for that long. But if it doesn't, my kids have seen, oh, dad's gone through a process where he like gets a vision and commits to it and follows through. I hope to build that into my kids one day, you know? And I think Great Sound, it does that. It sort of forces you into a challenge right. to endure it. Great transition to my next question. Um, Should we transition to the little cold? Right. And yeah. now, in terms of the challenge... From one to ten, how committed are you to jumping into Lake Superior, Justin? Uh, you know, I, I say this, Glenn. I say the guide always goes first. Okay. We'll be right back at you. So uh, we just jumped into Lake Superior, and uh, <clears throat> we're in the changing room. And to call it a changing room, I think, is really unfair. I mean, what would you call this room here, Justin? I call this room the lobby. Yeah. And in mobile saunas, not many have lobbies. 
and not many have lobbies with 11 foot ceilings in it. Yeah. And so we built our space on the scale more of a tiny home than a mobile trailer, you know? And, and we did that because I want it to be a community sauna. I want it to be a space that really has room to breathe. You, you walk in with these 11 foot ceilings and white walls and it's airy and, mm. and, and high end, you know, in a good way, sort of in a quality way yeah. of this Nordic inspired design as Beautiful. you come in. Yeah. Tell us about what's on the wall here. <clears throat> We're looking uh, um, in, in this cool down space uh, yeah. on the wall here? Well, I, you know, I, part of this is storytelling. Part of this is inviting people into an experience. And here in Duluth, we have over a hundred years of community sauna in, in and on these shores, right? And so dotting the hillside of our city and right down in Canal Park here. And so I wanted to help tell that story. So along the way, people are going to come in and they're going to see things like what to expect. And we have and when often when we're done with round one, I flip the story to the history. Mm. And I've spent time in the archives and I've worked with historians here in Duluth to, to pull out these stories. And so, Glenn, you're looking at a slideshow of news clippings from the Duluth Evening Herald in 1904 to 1922. Clippings and stories that really highlight all of these saunas that were built. And along the way, what they did and then showing images of uh, Finnish immigrants building the docks for the canal right outside here. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I'm really inviting people in this space to learn this cultural treasure of sauna. You get to learn both the wellness aspects to it. You get to learn the history of it. And you get to learn the, the how-to. And mm. for, for me, having those guided experiences is really really important. I, I'm, I'm one of those millennials, you know, who walks in to my coffee shop and I want to know, where did it come from? Tell me about it. Yeah. I, I want to know my, my craft beer and I want to hear what, what kind of hops did they use, you know? And, and, and maybe I, meet the brewmaster. And meet the brewmaster, right? And so I think sauna is one of those great, meaningful experiences that I, I want to help guide people through and I think people want to be guided through. They mm. want to know, how does it work? What does it do to you? Mm -hmm. What's happening well, to your heart? So your... How, how would you respond to somebody who came to Cedar and Stone who uh, doesn't want to hear you talk, doesn't want the guy? Yeah. How, do you, how do you navigate through that? Well, you, what you do, Glenn, is you offer different types of experiences. Okay. So On the front end or as it rolls? Uh, both, right? So... Oh, do you want to check the fire or are you okay? Yeah, a little pause there. Ooh, wow. So, yeah, so um, the difference between a guided sauna experience versus like the free form kind of thing. Yeah. So, speak to that. Yeah, I think you create different kind of spaces. And I'm really interested in helping new folks learn the, the how and the why of sauna. And of course, like many folks, I've grown up with it and I also love a good sauna where there's a lot of silence. But sauna is a space that's really malleable. 
it's a space where it can be social, it can be silent. And so we're gonna do experiences in the mornings with the sunrise looking over Lake Superior that are much more built around silence and solitude. There will be some guiding and there will be a whole lot more just enjoying it, right? And being a part of it. And our afternoon saunas are gonna be built around social connection or the happy hour sauna where you come in with your friends and you come in with people and you get to know people along the way. And so, um, and then I think you kind of, you listen to the room. Mm. You help guide a few moments, but you're not always in there. You're not always in there telling people what to do at every moment. Um, but you give them enough, enough to learn and enough. Yeah. And you see who, what they want. So your plan <clears throat> as the guide, um, is, is a, is a hybrid approach. Mm -hmm. Uh, there may be a time where you don't chat about, um, the, the, the wall piece with all the history of sauna if sure. it doesn't feel right or yeah. what have you. Got it. So do you, do you envision a, um, uh, a Justin curated sauna, guided sauna, uh, session like in a formal sense or, or are you just taking these little elements, guiding elements and, and plugging them in when it feels right? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it is as, as structured as the elf goose process where you have a sound meister who's really every step of the way walking people through it. Um, I would say it's creating a room and creating an atmosphere and creating a, a space for people to connect and learn and ultimately grow. Yeah. And, and so to do that uh, is, is less about the teacher and more about the people wanting the experience. And so you read the room and you work with the people and you know the answers, but it's more about asking questions. It's more about asking, you know, hey, what? What do you want to learn about? What do you, why are you here? What are you hoping for? And if you start there, you can navigate what those people want and what they want to learn about and what they're valuing. Um, you know, as we're starting here, at, we've, we've hosted a bunch of kind of pop-ups and um, events, and so many of them have been great with, for very different reasons. Because whenever you're in there, you're not with the same people and you're, no, no, any one session ends up being the same. Mm -hmm. And you draw out sort of the best of people and you hear their yeah. stories and what they love. And, and that doesn't great. take guiding. That just no. flows, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So as a guide, you um, don't need to be in the hot room. <clears throat> so um, you're, you've chosen to feed uh, this wood-fired sauna from the outside. So there may be some sessions where you're just hanging out outside, throwing some logs on every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Was that a conscious decision to do the outside feet? Yeah, for sure. You know, and I, I for, for me, one of the main reasons of that is um, safety. So in, in our space, I, I don't want our participants needing to tend the stove. Um, and so we can manage all of that outside. And we built this beautiful guard um, my good friend Joel Vikra and Nick, they, they are some great craftsmen and they built our benches and our guard around the stove. And so this is really a space that even my kids and others' kids, they can run in here and I don't see parents saying, hey, hey, watch out, hey, careful, because mm -hmm. it's, it's really encased and enclosed. 
and yet still you feel the great yes you know that that deep heat coming out of this great kuma stove yeah and so and and as a host you're not in and out all the time kind of well not all the time but every once in a while a host needs to come in with some firewood and get things rocking you can manage that um independent of the hot room yeah and yet at the same time the 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 stove is an integral part of the process and people want to ask about it and people you know and so that creates with the external feed it creates a focal point outside of the space it creates another interest a point of interest for people to ask about and and, and gather totally and hang out right yeah yeah so you're to do that and it's that's that's a design decision we made you know and we made hundreds of those along the way as we were building this mm-hmm. um that were all made pretty intentionally. So for those listening, <clears throat> you'll you know you'll be able to see some great video and photos of the cedar and stone sauna here. Um, but you spoke to the element of the cage or the surround that we're looking at here around the stove. Um, great brickwork around. I love that. I always am a big fan of that kind of brickwork uh, as as part of the surround because it's it's thermal mass isn't yeah, it absolutely and, and one of the things i like to do is um sometimes i'll take a little water and and i'll just kind of hit it against the the, the wall as yeah. much as the sauna rocks mm-hmm. and uh it's nice when you have that level of mass isn't it mm-hmm. and it's not easily to achieve in a mobile environment but you've done it um so i wanted to call out to, you know you called out to the benches which are really special and, and unique um Anything you want to say on the bench bench work more than you have? Well, you know, we wanted a lot of space, and we also wanted to be thoughtful about bench height, right? And getting your sort of feet at the rocks, and really getting into the high heat. You know, I I grew I've grown up with sound. I have a lot of high tolerance for it. I want, you know, I'm, my grandfather would not be happy if this wasn't a good sauna, right? In terms of how hot it could get and really throw good heat at you. Um, and at the same time, I wanted space for folks who were new and wanted to learn and um, my kids, right? And so we had to build a space where think thoughtfully about multiple layers of heat and multiple bench heights. Um, and really, ultimately, I wanted to do it also with some pretty pretty panoramic windows to to be in the space that you're in and so when you're in our space it's probably about a 10 to 15 person sauna depending on the type of group and the type of experience we're running Um, and you can you can see on each wall there's pretty significant amounts of glass and that's you know dual pane thermally insulated tempered glass um, all custom so that you can really take in you know right now we're watching the sunset Mm. and the the day is getting long and it's that sort of golden hour of light on Lake Superior right now. Yeah. And uh, that lighthouse is just beaming out there yeah. in this, this late afternoon sunshine. And then the magic happens when it totally flips over, the lights go out outside, and then underneath the lighting through these benches, uh, these benches are slats of, of cedar, clear cedar. Uh, the bench that you and I are on right now is 12 feet long. And... Com- cedar strips 12 feet all the way yeah the whole no scene continuous <clears throat> and these are this is one by these are one by ones aren't they mm-hmm. so very uh very narrow light benching very soft um mm-hmm. curved on the ends curved underneath 
very rolling, a really nice airy rolling bench um, layout with uh, under under bench lighting. And as Justin's talking about here, as, as the day turns to night, things start to glow in here. Yeah. Beautiful. Justin, um, anything else about this? I, I know you could probably give a long list of other design and build elements that you've applied because it is... It's a sauna. There's no question. You come in here and you know it's a sauna, but it has these beautiful, unique features you're speaking about. A lot of glass, stone surround, curved benches, long runs, clear, um, clear cedar. Anything else you want to draw draw out to let us know about? You know, we uh, one other thing just for for folks who like to geek out about building stuff. You know, we. Uh, we built this with uh, a siding material and a high-end material called Rich Light that's sourced from a company called Intectural here in Duluth. They make really high-end building materials. And that product is used uh, and made with paper and resin. So mm. it's, um, yeah, like more sustainable in terms of its uh, build and creation process. And then lasts really long and is basically maintenance-free throughout. And so... Our outside there has that, as we're waving at folks running their dog along the way. <laughs> They're totally into it. <laughs> and, uh, and so we, you know, we just worked with some great partners. Yeah. And that, again, I think that just strengthens the process when you get to work with great people who know great products and great how to build things really well. And, and, and this material, is, is it the outer skin or, or where is that material? Yeah, so that's that's our outside. You'll see that all over the outside and then you'll see it actually on countertops and on our benches mm -hmm. in the lobby area when you're cooling down in there. And so <coughs> Duluth um, made product. Uh, it's not made in Duluth, but sourced with a company from Got Duluth. It. And so I worked with them on it. And um, if, if anybody knows our area, they might have heard of a family of companies called Lowell and Epicurean and Intectural is one of those as well. Um, Lowell makes amazing outdoor furniture out of milk bottles and Epicurean mm. makes all these uh, amazing sort of cutlery and uh, kitchen products and they use a lot of this rich light. So we have rich light cutting boards in our home mm. uh, and then it also gets used as the siding material. And so, you know, again, all design decisions, but design decision that were also made based on relationship and community and most saunas the way that they've often been made over the years are simple structures that are often beautiful in their simplicity and beautiful in sourcing them from materials around so when you ask what do you put in your sauna what kind of wood do you use well back in the day it was always whatever the wood that was there mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so if it was popple or aspen that's what they put inside and yeah. traditionally in finland it isn't always cedar here in the U.S. and in North America, it often is. It's fragrant, it's light, it's soft, all those good things. But so for us, to me, there's part of telling the historical story is also having a community come around yeah. to say, let's build this with all these stories of this area, the yeah. Duluth area, the people around us, Lovely. and let's get all these people on the team to make this thing happen. Lovely. Lovely. What do you think is most... Uh misunderstood about sauna justin like you know imagine we're sitting here and a, a couple staying you know 30 feet away at this in on the lake uh maybe they're from utah or whatever and they come strolling over and and they're gonna um immediately draw a judgment to what you've built and created right here 
um, they're an outsider. What, in your experience, what do you think is is a common misunderstanding uh, that that folks maybe from Utah here or whatever that aren't familiar with sauna? What what do you, what comes to mind for you? Well, first, if you're from Utah, we totally invite you. Come on up to Duluth, Minnesota. It's okay. Uh, and then also, I you know I think. The, the big misunderstanding for most folks is that sauna isn't a place for me or that sauna or I don't like sauna because I've been in one sauna before that I didn't know what I was doing, right? And so um, I think rather than assuming that person doesn't like sauna, it's I want to help them experience it in a way that they could consider this is really, a, this, is, this could be a valuable, maybe even enjoyable thing in my life. So that's why I start with stress, right? Yeah. As I initially talk with people about it. Um, that's, why I, that's why I don't always start with components that feel really unique. Um, that's why I start with the way that we sort of enter into the space is really important. I often tell people as you enter into the space, you're going to be entering into really warm air. And part of that warm air, it's going to be dry heat in traditional Finnish sauna. It's high heat, low humidity. But let me tell you about how to breathe in this space. Because sometimes people walk in and they've been in a sauna that's either poorly ventilated or they just aren't ready for the hot air. And so I say, you know, I always, when you go lower, it's lower. And I'm going to tell you, look, we have thermometers that tell you how hot it is on the high bench and on the low bench yeah. to give you that entry entry point if you yeah. want to know the lower space mm -hmm. and what that is mm -hmm. and then i say this is the the trick and the pro tip if you want to really if that, that that hot air is a little too hot you can always breathe like you're going to whistle but with pursing your lips and blowing you know and and in doing that you make a smaller space for the air to go through and it cools down as it goes and enters your lungs yeah. and so little things like that to open the door a little wider in letting more people in, but yet without letting the heat out, is really what we're trying to do. And I think traditional Finnish sauna, like the proverb that you mentioned earlier, is all people are created equal, but nowhere more so than in a sauna. I don't want the sauna pros or the sauna people who have grown up with it, the people who know how to, to be a barrier for new people coming into it. I want to welcome the new people in because that's what the equity of the space. That's what that true, that proverb saying all people are created equal there. Even, even so much as we ask, are we all ready for steam? It's not this competitive American style who can handle the heat the longest and who can handle the most steam. That is the, the American competitive nature bleeding into sauna spaces. We, we flip that over and we say, hey, the person who's been in here the longest, you felt the most steam. You're the one who says, should we take some more right now? The new person who's never experienced this before. We want to bend to you and say, hey, how can we make this experience even more enjoyable for you? Yeah, right on. <clears throat> As you think about sauna, Justin, say, like today, um, you knew you were going to sauna. You, you came here, you fired up the stove. We went through round one together. We did a cool down in Lake Superior. We ran round two, the Lolu. Uh, that whole spectrum, even when you tuck yourself into bed tonight, what is your favorite moment if you really had to drill it down to one through a, the sauna experience? The whole spectrum. Yeah. Is, there, is there a moment that comes to mind that you love the most? 
Yeah, I love, love so many parts of it, and I've thought about this question a lot because I'm a long-time listener, first-time guest on your podcast here, Glenn. Uh, so I've heard you ask this question to a lot of people. For me, it's, the, it's actually within the cool-down is my favorite spot, and um, um, when, it's, when it's February like today, it's hard to get this moment, but in the summer, it's easy to get mm. this moment, and in the, especially in the shoulder seasons, it's the moment when you're in the cold plunge, but the water's warmed up around you just a little bit. Nice. And, and you sort of have this cocoon of water that has taken your body heat. And you're in the cold still, but you have this, this blanket yes. of warmth around you. Beautifully described, yeah. And I love it because, um, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about doing all this inner work. Sound is one of the first spaces where I began to like silence. I can talk a lot about guided sound experience. I can talk a lot about... Um, loving being social in saunas, and I agree to all those things. But also, I because I'm so people focused, I can tend to um, run away from spaces of silence and contemplation and stillness. And sound is a space that actually has allowed me to enter into stillness and silence and solitude, which is really healthy for me. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're an extrovert and you're listening to this, right, like. We love people and we get energy from people, but equally good for us is moments of silence. Yeah. And the opposite is true. If you're a person who loves introversion and being yourself in silence and solitude, you need people too, right? It's the balance and moderation of those two poles. Mm. And in sauna for me was a way for me to hack my body in a way to say, hey, you know what? You can get into silence and that can be really good and healthy for you. It can be meditative. It can be spiritual. It can be Mm -hmm. valuable. And, and... That spot, when I'm sitting in the lake in the cold plunge, that is that moment of stillness which I get almost nowhere else in my life. And um, that's my favorite. Lovely. <clears throat> I wrote a post that says, uh, solo saunas are meant to be. And yeah. uh, I, I, in my own backyard sauna, it would be like, you know, a typical move would be, oh, it's Friday afternoon, I'm going to do the Friday happy hour sauna and I'll shoot a few emails or texts out to some usual suspects. And then, you know, just the way the busy world works, and especially on a Friday afternoon, you don't know who's going to respond or show up. And, and I, well, on the side on that one, I always try to time, as a host in my own sauna in the backyard, I will often and usually always try to get out there and have a solo round, right? Yeah. It's a great feeling to be in there and then, and then uh, you're able to enjoy this full, quiet round, to your yeah. point. And then, um, you know, and then, oh, yeah, nobody showed up yet. And then yeah. I can go cool down on my own. And yeah. then I do that. And then before I know that, I'm enjoying this great moment of solitude in the cool yeah. down space. And then it's like, nobody shows up. And I'm like, I could have the best damn sauna when yeah. nobody shows yeah. up, you know? They're and, meant to be. And I think that that sort of spiritual component to sauna, you know, I, I, I love how there's talk of Lolu now, you know, yeah. because Lolu is a bigger definition than water vapor. When we, we often translate that just to steam and to water vapor, but in, in the Finnish definition, it means soul. It means spirit. Yeah. And so as we put water on the rocks to create water vapor, what we're really doing is we are we're adding soul to the room. We're adding spirit to the room. Yeah. And there's something more about that. So if you've been in a sauna where there's a big you know list of rules, yeah. the size of Wyoming on the wall next to it, the size of the door, you know, and it says, don't throw water on the rocks. You're in a sauna that they literally just rip the soul right out of it. 
and it's a different thing. It's okay. It's good for maybe some things, but you aren't in that space of authentic sauna. And why I say that is because I really enjoy the value of the space where there is this component of steam or spirit that's been honed over hundreds of years, maybe longer, to add to the space. And that's the intangible. When Glenn and I start talking about heat, like, uh, like we listen to music and we talk about it like a music critic, or when we drink wine or food, you sort of, you comment on it and there's a, there's a quality to it. I think that happens in sauna where we're talking about heat and that almost always involves lolu and steam being a part of the process yeah. where you feel that way. It, it's where every sauna has its own soul. Yeah. Yeah. If you could sauna with anybody in the world, dead or alive, Justin, maybe in the past or future, you know, very hypothetically speaking, who, who's the first person that comes to mind for you to yeah. share the sauna bench with? You know, Glenn, uh, that, that answer is pretty easy. I would sauna with my great, great, great grandfather, Giuseppe Juntanen, who emigrated to the U.S. from Suomisalmi, Finland. That town is a little town in Finland about halfway up the country, right on the Russian border. Mm -hmm. And in 1880, he took a crazy trek from his family's homestead farm all the way down to Helsinki and he got on a boat and then he went to Sweden and he went to England and he eventually got to the upper peninsula of Michigan, made his way to Duluth. And um, that, took, that process of getting there took about five years. No way. Yeah, so he, he, his immigration over was, was quick and then he was in Duluth for a number, in the UP in Duluth for a number of years and then um, he and his, his now wife at that point had saved up a little bit of money. And they said, should we go back? Should we go back to our homeland? We miss it. This has been a really hard five years. And they said, well, there's this property just down the road in Carleton County. It wasn't even a town name yet. It was like an intersection. And they called it Esco's Corner because there was a man named Esco. And uh, he lived down there. And they, they said, there's this property going up for sale. We should probably go look at it before we buy our tickets home. And he went and he looked over uh, the meadow and the little brook and the river, which is the Midway River in now Esco, Minnesota. And he looked with his wife and he said, okay, I think we should buy this and commit to it. And that was in 1885. And they bought what became the Juntanen Farm and Homestead. And then what was the Meadowbrook Dairy. They built a dairy farm there. And um, so then my great-grandfather and grandfather and father grew up on that space. Unbelievable. <clears throat> and I would want to sauna with him to yeah, see what the story was, okay. to see about sauna. So let's just it. say that yeah. in carrying this uh, hypothetical forward that um, you, can only, you can only memorize enough finish to ask him one question. <laughs> what would you ask him? Now, oh. now, I'm putting you totally on the spot. Yeah. Sometimes the first answer, first, you know, the first answer to this is going to be the more interesting one. So... Again, you got one question. What would you want to ask him? Mm. That's a great. That's a great. Uh, Should we cool down and let's yeah, revisit let me, that? Let me think on this. Yeah. And what would that question be? You know, I would ask him. Why did he decide to stay? Yeah. What, what was the deciding factor 
to not go home to Finland because him deciding to stay, he homesteaded a farm in this little community and he was one of the founding families and that sort of continued on to where I'm here today, you know, and my family from him. And so the, the sort of patriarch, mm. Giuseppe and um, his wife and uh, they, they just, they just were so good at, they started this long train in our family of commitment to place. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that I feel about Duluth right now. It's like, I'm committing my life to this place. And so I would ask my grandfather, why, why here? Why'd you commit to this place and not go back home? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to learn how to say that in Finnish because I only know so many Finnish words and phrases, but, uh, and that's the only question you get. Yeah. The the rest of the time, like a, like a real Finn, you got to sit in the sun quiet. quiet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, it's such a such a pleasure. I mean, you know, I, 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 when I was in Finland for 12 days, I realized, and <clears throat> I just did a summary on this, I, I had uh, 12 interviews. I did some, 12 Sauna Talk podcasts in 12 days. And what I love about Sauna Talk is it's like, each, each, sauna, each time I do it, it's like, a, for some reason, I seem to fall on special occasions. And yeah. this, this one was almost like a calling. Like we had initially set up this interview, I think I was going to try to come up uh, a few days ago. Yeah. And you were very welcoming. You're like, come on up, it'll be great, we can yeah. do this. But how fitting that we get to sit here in this, like you said, the golden hour and look out over Lake Superior and, mm-hmm. and, and, and share this moment with listeners. Yeah. The Sauna Talk. It's really Absolutely. awesome. Thanks yeah. for being here, Glenn. Yeah, man, it's great. So last question. Um, we did the favorite, um, and, and this favorite moment of sauna, and um, this is a really, <laughs> this question is going to be kind of very unfair, to, or very fair and appropriate to ask you, but I ask everybody, mm-hmm. if you could have a mobile sauna, mm-hmm. which already the question isn't accurate, because you do have a mobile sauna, so, yeah. and you could go anywhere, you could bring your sauna anywhere in the world, where would you choose? Right here, Glenn. I know that sounds trite, but it is it is so true that um, there's nowhere else. I, I was telling Glenn that we pulled it in here the other day, and I looked out the windows from it, and I was you know beginning to tear up. And that the reality of that, of committing to this process and working tirelessly and long hours and blood, sweat, and tears to build this thing, and now here we're here. I, I, I wouldn't have it anywhere else. And... Um, the, it, the way that that happened feels like, um, I had a friend in, in here the other day, we were at an event, we ran an event somewhere else, but he, you know, we were talking and he said, you know, you're, you're built for this. He just saw that sort of passion in me and the excitement around it. And I said, yeah, I, I think I am. Like I'm following a dream and a passion and I'm oddly prepared to do it. And, um, and I want to invite other people into it, you know? And so if you're somebody who's considered starting a sauna business or guiding people through it like i just i want to cheer you on i want to be your biggest cheerleader as somebody who's doing it and knows how hard it is um like reach out we want to i i want to be somebody just like glenn has been for me um of just like that you can have go-to people to talk you through the hard days and the good days um and and i wouldn't have anything else but to be doing it here in the Mm. city that i love Right on the shores of Lake Superior. 
which Glenn just jumped in. Yeah. We just jumped in together. It's great. Beautiful answer. That, you know, I mean, I hate comparing and all that. I really don't try to compare. And I've probably asked this this mobile sauna question to dozens. Well, I know I've asked it to dozens of people um, through sauna talk. And you can probably excerpt all of the answers out of them. I don't think there could be a better answer than your answer. Mm. And it is so fitting and so friggin' true about the beauty of where you, you've, you've created this intention and the sauna and the place and it is absolutely gorgeous. You have this wonderful water element, but it's so fitting for Justin because there is, there, this this is nature, but it's also community. And this is Canal Park, and mm. this has such history as yeah. as Justin explained about the Finnish history of of this area and the saunas that existed in 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 eye shot from where we're sitting. Yeah, <clears throat> and you can feel it. I mean, that's the the, the sauna brings you know brings this. This feeling forward, um, and it's so fitting for you. It's uh, the, this location. It is the most beautiful spot in the world for Justin Yontanen to have a mobile sauna. And I've been honored to share it with you, Glenn. Thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, if anybody else wants to join us, uh, we'd love to host you here in Duluth, Cedar and Stone Nordic And um, yeah, I mean, follow what Glenn's doing. I'd follow what uh, we're up to here in the north and. Yeah, we got we got more sound rounds to go, right, Glenn? Yeah, man. It's just the beginning. All right. Yeah.